There are many ways people listen to vision, including on smart speakers. Just tell your smart speakers to play Vision Christian Radio. Alexa, play Vision Christian Radio. Vision. Yep, it really is that easy. You can also say, play V180 Radio for our music channel. It's just another way that Vision is helping you look to God daily. Realfaith.org.au We had just shifted. We'd been in our new home in Churnside Park for 48 hours. And it was a beautiful sunny day. And I said to my son, you know, I'd promised the fellow that moved us um, to pay him today. And I said, would you like to go? And he said, yeah, Dad. So we both hopped on my motorcycle and headed off. So near the corner of Marunda Highway and Mitcham Road, um, we were hit. And yes, our lives changed forever. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith. Dougie Rees, better known as Big Dougie, was born in Iowa in the United States and came to Australia with his wife in the late 1970s. His dream was to be an Olympic athlete, and he strove toward this goal for 20 years. However, that dream was shattered one day when he was out riding his motorcycle. We'll find out his story today. Dougie Reeves, welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Eric. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Glad to have you with us. And let's go back to your childhood, born in the Midwest of the United States, out in the corn state of Iowa. Is that right? That's known for corn? Absolutely. Yep. Iowa, Midwest, Bible Belt. Yep. Well, I'm from Wisconsin, the dairy state. You're from the corn state, so we should get along. Well, that's right. (laughs) We could have shared food together. That's That's right. Yeah. Have a good meal together. (laughs) So what was it like growing up in Iowa? Played a lot of sports there? It was wonderful. Yeah. I I had a wonderful, wonderful life, Um, wonderful parents. Um, I'd say just your basic, ordinary life and and parents love sport um, from the age of first competition at eight years old mm-hmm. and uh, particularly stuck with what I'd call the typical American sports, um, which is uh, gridiron football, uh, basketball, and track and field, which we term athletics. So you did all that? We did all that. There were seasons for each one, so we'd go from one season to the other. And we should say you're a pretty husky guy. Uh, wasn't always, to be honest. I was always tall-ish. Um, we thought 6'2", you know, 190 centimeters was tall. But, uh, of course, these days, um, I don't feel so tall. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I, I should say, in the interest of full disclosure, we go to the same church. And when I found out that you were an athlete, I just assumed it was bodybuilding because you're a big guy. Mm. But he uh, had a whole lot of other sports as well. Yeah. Look, the the basketball and so forth, we actually had our first um, secondary coaches. They didn't believe in any sort of weight training whatsoever. Mm. So it was after the dreams of probably not get, get to the Olympics or pro in any of those sports that um, got stuck into the weight room a lot more for the sports I was involved in. And at university, in addition to playing a lot of sports, you also met your future wife, Christy. 
did. Um, Christy Reeves, um, who is then Christy Joanne Bramer, mm-hmm. um, virtually saved my life, um, I would say, in all aspects, but some people would say just spiritually, but um, but in all aspects, because that started my very clinical journey of growing up. Uh, Christy certainly helped out in that as she went to a Christian group, mm-hmm. um, and I found that out after our initial date. We went to an afternoon rugby game, and coming back to her room, to drop her off, I said, could we go out tonight and, um, you know, continue this? And at the same time, I tripped up the stairs and felt like a fool. But anyway, we went out that night also. Oh, wow. So even though you tripped, she still had mercy on you. (laughs) (laughs) She did. And that's another part of the God story, which is, as we went to the movie, then restaurant, after I started to ask questions, she asked me questions. And well, when, I got into a deep conversation about spiritual things right away. Oh, the well, first night. It, it wasn't really, but this is where God has, has his hand on our life, and sometimes we are not aware mm-hmm. that this is happening. So we started talking about um, where we were born and so forth. She ended up being born in the same town, in the same hospital as I was. Oh, really? Our grandparents lived on the same street, and our mom and dads ended up, we found out, going to school together. Now, wow. if that's not more than a coincidence, then... Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. And as you mentioned, she was good for you spiritually? And yes, because she already was on a journey with her faith, mm-hmm. um, it helped me search. But then what happened? From then, um, we eventually um, searched for many, many churches. Um, we were both Methodist and Uniting. We tried Anglicans. We went to Baptist um, until we got a referral. And this was actually coming overseas into Australia with a uh, pastor out of Doncaster who is a Pentecostal. Um, didn't even know what that meant. Um, evangelical, and um, I can tell you from a Methodist background of just going to church. Quite a difference. It was very different. (laughs) Emotional. Scared scared the heck out of me. (laughs) Yeah, quite a difference. So you mentioned coming to Australia. How did that come about? Well, we um, within one month, um, Christy had graduated from university, Um, we had been interviewed to come to Australia so you're married at this point? Uh, yeah. Well, we just got married in that month also. So Christian wow. graduated. We got married, accepted to come to Australia on a recruitment teaching program, and we did all of that and came halfway around the world on our first plane ride in 30 days. Wow. And why Australia? We picked Australia. We had two choices. Saudi Arabia was one, and Australia was a second. We wanted to go to English-speaking. And I had Olympic dreams also, and Australia might work towards that well, goal, too. Well, uh, let's talk about those Olympic dreams. What, at that point, did you want to do? You saw yourself in the Olympics doing what? Um, anything, to be honest. Uh, it's like you just wanted to our, be an Olympian. I, I just wanted to be an Olympian, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give use the God-given talents that um, I had been given in some sort of way. I didn't care what sport, but for me... It was uh, when we came to Australia, um, I concentrated on athletics first. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you were a 
a physical education teacher at this point. I was um, a teacher and mainly of physical education and sport. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wanted to be an Olympian, and so I love to throw stuff. Shot puts, hammers, javelins. Mm-hmm. Um, went down that track for a long time, drugged my poor wife to all the competitions, and <laughs> um, and that wasn't going to happen, so then swapped over to Olympic wrestling at that point. Was doing my own personal training towards that goal, and eventually um, was picked and got to go to the mini Commonwealth Games, a prelude to the Commonwealth Games in 1982. And that was probably the pinnacle of my career, other than having two lads that I discovered. One went into Olympic wrestling, and one went into Olympic weightlifting. And you were their coach? I started clubs at every school that Mm -hmm. I ever have taught in, because I was constantly on the look of discovering athletes for Australia. Mm -hmm. So I was their coach, and um, uh, Joshua Brooke was... An Olympic weightlifter who we discovered, and he broke every state and national record from 32 kilos all the way up to the adult classes, or up up towards 60 kilos. Um, wow! So like, that had to be very gratifying to know that you coached somebody who went on to have such success. Oh, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then the other fellow that was at the Institute of Sport. His name was Junie Armstrong, and uh, he's now in the U.S. as one of the top personal trainers of the stars mm. but he he actually won the commonwealth trials in his weight class okay so you're a physical education teacher meanwhile you're pursuing your dream for 20 years of being an olympic athlete but then fast forwarding to 2003 you're going out for a motorcycle ride and your dreams are kind of shattered or they were shattered what happened Yes, as the old saying goes, um, life can change in an instant, and that's absolutely correct. And um, we had just shifted. We'd been in our new home in Churnside Park for 48 hours, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and I said to my son, you know, I'd promised the fellow that moved us um, to pay him today. Mm -hmm. They were in Mitcham, and um, I said, would you like to go? And he said, yeah, Dad. Uh, So we both hopped on um, my motorcycle and headed off. Paid the mover, and on our way home, um, well, let me say, we never came home. Mm. Yeah. So, near the corner of Marunda Highway and Mitcham Road, um, we were hit. We had a green arrow to go right, and somewhere out of the left parking area, and someone, someone was trying to beat the traffic, and just creamed us, um, and T-boned mm. us, and hit it from the front left. And, um, yes, our lives change forever Mm. and your son was on the motorcycle with you yes he was thrown one way and uh thankfully for that and um i can still picture the moment that um i just saw out of the side of my eye that something was going to drastically happen and uh thankfully he was flown off the left and i was actually attached to the two-ton vehicle that hit me oh wow and I can remember them pulling it apart in the metal and all of that, eventually lying on the ground. But I must back up and say, in those split seconds, when I saw this vehicle out of the corner of my eye, mm-hmm. my heart, and I've talked to people later about this, isn't it amazing how people that don't have any beliefs, but when adversity strikes, isn't it amazing how most human beings say one thing? 
oh my God, mm. whether you have a faith, a belief, or not. Mm. I have noticed this over and over mm. again. And um, in those split seconds, I was just praying, please, Jesus, save my son. Mm. Save my son. And um, I was just saying prayer after prayer after prayer, almost like it was slow motion in the air. I said, give it all to me. Mm. Any injuries, don't give him any injuries. Give them to me. Our guest today is road trauma survivor Dougie Reeves sharing his story. And as we heard, his life drastically changed on that day in 2003 when he was riding his motorcycle with his young 12-year-old son. We'll find out more about Dougie's story and how he has undergone many challenges since then, but how the Lord has also helped him through it all. All that more is coming up when we return right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. And you can listen to past programs about the impact faith has had on others. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and our guest today is road trauma survivor Dougie Reeves, who's been sharing with us about that tragic, horrific accident he sustained back in 2003 when he was on his motorcycle along with his 12-year-old son. Unfortunately, that set off a chain of events that put his life in a bit of a tailspin as he had mounting legal and medical bills. Now we're going to hear more of Dougie Reeves sharing his story. And what were the injuries that you sustained? At that particular time, I had over 40 to 50 injuries, fractures, dislocations, and organs. Mm -hmm. And that night, the surgeon that actually looked after me, Dr. Hervinder Beatty, um, he actually, we got hit at 5.05, and at 11 o'clock at night, he was still up in his office on the whiteboard making list of appliances and fixtures and everything he needed because he had to go from one injury site to the other. So it went from the bottom of my left toe and foot um, to ankle. My tibia was, I was trying to get to my son um, to find out how he was. And um, I couldn't mm. move and I couldn't crawl over to him. Um, but this was at the scene. That was at. You're trying to crawl to your son. That was at the scene, yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much the whole left side, lower left side. And, um, of course, crush injuries are also the toxins that are released. Um, I also thought of that when they were releasing me from the car. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. They're releasing me. you from the car. Yeah, I was stuck to the car. My motorcycle was stuck to the car. Um, and you're in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And well. I'm in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I'm going, because I'd heard of other accidents, you know, crush accidents and, and workplace accidents. Yeah. And, and if someone's been, has been crushed, you got to be very careful because you can kill them straight away. And um, But after that, as poor Dr. Harvinder Bedian, his, um, 
his medical crew uh, finally got to attending me, um, which they didn't even start till after midnight that mm. night. And they did the first surgeries, um, which after 12 to 15 hours, they said they had to pull the pin because they just went from one to the other, all the way up my legs into my pelvis. I was split open. Yeah, and how was your son? Um, very fortunate. Um, yeah, since Dirk was thrown to the side, injury-wise, he was fine. But of course, the the mental aspect of of the trauma of, of trauma yeah. and that sort of thing. So here you were, suddenly devastating injuries from the accident. Then, to add insult upon injury, was the financial loss. Hmm. Where was your faith in all this? Solid as a rock, um, as the old saying goes, it is what it is, and. We understood and knew that God was looking after us, and um, he would point us in directions as far as what the heck were we going to do. Look, um, what I want to say to the um, listeners, it's always encouragement. God has been there every step of the way for us, and we have struggled, and we have struggled, but we've hung in there because it had nothing to do with Jesus Christ and what he did to us. It had to do with Jesus Christ and how he saved us. Mm. And he pointed us in the next direction, the next direction, the next avenue. And that's what we've been doing for the last 18 years. Just hanging on to your faith in the Lord? Hanging on. And um, as people have said, you know, they've looked at me sometimes, they go, my gosh, you know, what do you do all day? You know, and in the beginning, I I actually took quite offense to that. Um, But again, unless you have had cancer, been in the military in Afghanistan, and stepped on an IED, you've had terrible disease, family, you've had to be a carer for someone, which people are right now constantly, every minute of every day of their life. If you haven't been what I call trenchers, You've been in the trench, which is a military term. If you haven't been there, then it's like anything. Mm. You don't know what it's like, which is fine, and that's fair. But um, like I said, for us to be able to encourage each other to keep pushing through Mm -hmm. and pushing forward, um, that is the name of the game because there is always light at the end of the tunnel and that's why god is love because he will look after his children if you will let him because there's always a way up and a way out now we have to find it Mm. he loves men and women of valor which means integrity is great but the next part is crucial which is action he expects us to put in the action and here we are several years, nearly two decades later, mm-hmm. and you have lasting physical disabilities. What is your daily life like now? What are your long-term disabilities? Good question. Thanks, Eric. Um, look, um, long-term is still 40 to 50 chronic injuries, um, arthritis and bursitis and all those things that happen after injuries and calcium buildup and so forth. Mm-hmm. But So you're here today in the studio. You have crutches and trouble walking, difficulty walking to this day. 
So there, this is a lasting part of your life now. Mm. But yet, you have chosen to uh, want to do public speaking and do uh, motivational speaking. Is that mm. right? Is that what you're passionate about today? It's never left, Eric. Yeah, thanks for 20 years. But I kept getting interrupted because I will not book appointments. And my health was too unstable. The injuries mm. were one thing. So the the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You're, you're wanting to get out there and motivate people and athletes. Exactly. That's exactly. your heart's desire. Yeah. Yep. I've just made another, um, you know, decisions are one of the most important things we can do as, as human beings. And I've made that decision that, you know, like the phrase goes, there's two kinds of pain, one that hurts and one that alters. Well, the hurt pain is 24-7. It's never going away. And That's what you have every day. I have every day, and and my spinal injury, and and my left paralysis down Mm -hmm. my left side of my leg, and so forth. It's never going away, but I will use it, and when I'm doing things like I'm doing today, whether we like the term or not, it's a distraction. The brain cannot think about all the pain I'm going through and trying to share what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. So I believe in doing what you can with whatever you've got left. Do what Mm -hmm. you can when you can as long as you can. So, hey, keep punching, and there is a God. You're 20, a fighter. 20 miracles later. Tw- uh, we are over 20 miracles, and is I can right? name every one of them to you. I don't know that we have time for all 20, but your, the idea <laughs> is that the Lord has helped one thing after another heal in your life, physically? No doubt whatsoever. No doubt whatsoever. I have um, a tag I brought with me today that I put all the dates down, and in a six-month period after we were hit, the first four miracles were very severe pulmonary embolisms. Um, At one point in time, we got there just in time because half the right lung was full of blood clots and my right ventricle was full of blood clots, and pretty much you don't walk away from that. Mm. And um, So the fact so that you're even here today is many, a miracle. Many, many times over. Yeah. Wow. Um, medical science doesn't understand it. I've stood before 30 specialists at the Alfred panel. Uh, my case has gone to Oxford University is that uh, right? to study how someone actually can still walk and they lived through those sort of injuries. So I'm a very blessed man. Um, a walking miracle right here in front of us today. <laughs> so um, the body that we have been given is a temple, mm-hmm. and it is just amazing. Mm. Dougie Reeves, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much. Our guest today has been Dougie Reeves, otherwise known as Big Dougie, and you can go to his website if you want to learn more. His website is bigdougie.com.au. That's bigdougie.com.au. You've been listening to Real Faith, and if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in Him. That's real people, real life, and real faith. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.